So hello everyone, welcome to another episode of CCA on the Air. I'm Nicholas Stewart, Assistant Vice President for Institutional Transformation. And today I'm very happy to be joined by colleagues at Wallace Community College, Selma. And uh, for those of you who may not know, CCA has been working with a number of historically black and predominantly black community colleges across the country. Uh, unfortunately, even though these colleges educate a large population of black students, we don't hear enough about their work, about their successes, about what they're going through. So that's why I'm very happy that uh, you know I'll be hosting a few podcasts uh, or some of my colleagues may host a few podcasts with PBCCs and HBCC representatives for them to share uh, their innovative, effective ways to support their students and just for folks to know a little bit more about you know who and uh, you know who are the PBCCs, who are the HBCCs, what do they do, you know what um, what can they um, what they can actually, how best can they support their students? So today uh, is such a day. I'm very happy to be uh, joined, as I said, by colleagues from Wallace Community College, Selma. First, by uh, Dr. Tabby Briggs, Ms. Jennifer Reynolds, and Ms. Lula Snowden. Uh, so uh, welcome all to CCA on the Air. Uh, before we get started, do you mind sharing a bit uh, or introducing yourselves, I guess, so folks also know your your voices when they're they're listening. Dr. Briggs, let's start with you. Good morning. I'm Tammy Briggs, and I serve as the uh, dean, dean of Instruction here at Wallace Community College, Selma. Uh, and as the Dean of Instruction, I oversee um, all of our uh, instructional programs, as well as some of our instructional support uh, programs. And we are super excited uh, to be uh, with you today to tell you about some of the uh, innovative things that we're doing to help our students of color. I'm Jennifer Reynolds. I'm the Director of Student Success here at Wallace Community College, and I oversee the coaching program as we know it. And I've been here in this department since 2020. Uh, interestingly enough, I started during COVID and we survived. Yes, uh, my name is Lula Snowden. I'm the Associate Dean of Learning um, for Wallace Community College. I oversee business administration computer science, office administrations, and arts and sciences. Excellent. So uh, before we get started, talk about the coaching and your, uh, your your approach, which again, like there's a reason you're on this podcast because I heard you talk about it and I got really excited and I was like, folks need to hear a little bit more about this. Uh, but do you mind talking a little bit more about, uh, for those who may not be familiar with Wallace Community College, you know, at, at Selma, uh, share a little bit more about what the college, like who, who are you, where are you at, who are your students and, and things like that? Yes, um, I'll, I'll speak to that, uh, Nicholas. Um, Wallace Community College is a um, small public institution. Uh, in, in a, we are located in a rural area. We have about, um, we run between 1,800 and 1,900 uh, students per semester. Um, most of our students are, are uh, part-time students. We have a large population of dual enrollment students. Uh, we have about a third of them are non-traditional students uh, between the ages of 25 and 60. And then um, the other third of our traditional population, uh, they are um, between the ages of 19 and, and 24. Um, most of our students are on Pell Grant. They receive uh, a, a public assistance, a federal assistance to come to school. And then also, uh, we have a significant amount, over half of our students are first-generation um, college students. 
So they struggle with uh, the typical things that a first-generation college student will struggle with. They have uh, very little uh, uh, college knowledge, and then they have very um, they have very few support um, members in their in their community that they can go back and ask questions to. So they're just not uh, new to high ed. Some of them are are are, are new to the even the concept of it altogether. And so we there are simple things that we um, have to uh, convey to our students that a student who had who came from a background uh, with uh, for, with individuals who attended college um, they wouldn't have they wouldn't necessarily struggle with those things um, just simple things like how to fill out the FAFSA just simple questions like how do I engage with my instructor um, how do I ask questions uh, some of them come to us and. We even have to uh, do things like teach them how to send their first email. So uh, things that uh, that are, are common knowledge uh, to individuals who have exposure to higher ed, they, it's not as common for our students. So some would say it hand, it's, it's hand hold, holding, but we like to say that we, we meet our students where they are. We meet them where they are and whatever they need. Uh, we provide it at the point that we meet them at. And then we provide, we, we like to provide wraparound support. Some of those things may be, it, it may be of a cognitive nature, uh, academic, or it could be personal uh, support. Those things that, um, those personal and affective factors that impede a student from progressing and, and persisting. Uh, we, we have to provide those kinds of support because we're in the, we're in the business of helping students to succeed and whatever that takes, we're willing to do it. Absolutely, I, I love that. And, and by the way, I, I don't know if completing FAFSA is general knowledge for anybody. Uh, I think it's complicated <laughs> for everybody. Uh, 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 so yes, and I think that uh, I used to receive first year experience. And, and let me tell you, uh, sending emails or even like how to communicate effectively with faculty members is not as as common knowledge because uh, some of those emails that I was getting, uh, it was pretty interesting. I'm sure you're getting those. Yes, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I, I'm really excited about that. You know, the, the wraparound and and you know meeting the students where they are, and I think that that's something that I, th I got really excited when we were talking about earlier in in the spring about uh, you know the, your student coaching uh, mm -hmm. and the coaching services and. I was wondering, you know, uh, Mr. Rowles, if you can talk a little bit more, I think that uh, of this, you know, like how, how did it come about? Like, what does it look like? Because I think coaching may have different connotations, like different folks may think of like, well, coaching means this and this is what we do. And we do a pretty good job of coaching. What, what does it look like at, at, at Wallace uh, Community College Selma? And, and, you know, tell me a little bit more about what does it look like and what are you guys doing? Okay. And so our coaching program began here at the college in 2012 in a small format. They were looking at certain groups of students. They were focusing on technical, those with developmental education or in students. And because of the success of that small group of students, our president being forward thinking, saying, hey, we've got something here because they were hovering around a 40 percent retention rate and the successes of it. He started investing in the program and over the years it's expanded to, you know, it's, it started out with that, expanded over to those that were on SAP, expanded mm -hmm. to all health sciences, transferring online students. And as we know it today, we're serving all students or serve with the coach, um, assign the coach as they enroll. And once a student enrolls, we try to keep that student with a particular coach until they graduate. 
our focus is on building that relationship so that we can get the student, even though where they are, as Dr. Briggs said, we want to coach them to get to be where they leave this college and they're able to make those decisions going forward, whether it's into the world of work or to the, onto a four-year education, we're able to get those students on the right track so that they can help and advocate for themselves. And that's just a little bit about it. And I'll go into how we do it each day because we do it differently than most colleges. Our coaches are, like I say, building that relationship from day one. We feel that it's very important. The first day of courses to get to know who your students are. Students receive communication from their coach the first day. They're talking with them maybe two to three times a week, depending upon their level of risk. And we use an early intervention system where we're looking at if you're failing that first assignment, we don't wait until you get three weeks into courses to look at you. We're daily evaluating the data. And we are fortunate enough to have Dropout Detective as one of our assistants. And Dropout Detective allows us to look at their risk indicators, whether it's missing assignments, zeros, or just not having worked in the system for several days because we use Canvas and Dropout Detective communicates with Canvas, updates us daily. And the coaches are able to evaluate that data, develop a plan prior to talking to the students because you already have all the information right there at your fingertips. So when you call the student, you're not relying on them to say, well, you know, I missed an assignment. You already know. <laughs> yeah. so it allows us to make targeted plan interventions for each student. And I think that's unique for us because we're looking at each individual student's information and deciding how do we target what's going on with that student. So when the coaches reach out, if they're saying, okay, my car is broke down or I didn't have a daycare or my internet's not working and we're in a rural area, we don't have public transportation. So our services are a little bit different from everyone else because we're dealing with issues that other people won't deal with. You know, most people have Uber, Lyft and things like that to get to school, but our students, they can't call a taxi. So it allows our coaches to be creative. Do you have a friend that you can ride with that's coming to school? Have you made friends with your classmates? Those are conversations that other schools may not have to have, but our coaches, by building that relationship and us being small enough to deal with those issues and looking at, hey, we know we don't have these services here in our community, but how do we creatively get these students the help that they need, connect them to the resources that are available, that will help them to be successful in their college education. So all of these things that we have tied together help us build that platform. And another thing that we do that's different than a lot of people, we've broken down that barrier. Instruction works with us on, on a level that, you know, most people will be jealous of because we have those communications. Instructors are using the system. Coaches are using the system. And we're communicating and collaborating together on how can we get that student successful. So be, before I get to the, the, the instruction part, which I, I think that is very unique. And I think that, uh, again, I think most of the times that when we're talking about uh, innovations and implementation, we, we, we can't rely just on, you know, operate in silos. Like we need to branch out, you know, mm -hmm. to share resources, oh, basically communication. So I want to really get that in a second. But you, you said something, I think that obviously like, you know, the, the, the communication. Do students pick up the phone or do they answer their emails when the coaches call? We have a very large percentage of our students that do answer the phone. And you know how we, we've noticed how we've gotten that done is because they're intentional. Mm -hmm. Early on, 
You're not waiting until a student has been here three months to reach out. Day one, I'm your friend. You may not have that support at home, but I'm going to push you. I'm going to coach you. I'm going to get you, you to where you are. I'm offering hope. We can do this together. You're not by yourself. And that's how our coaches are uh, attacking that because of the fact that if you if you get to know me, if you see me in Walmart, you're going to stop and talk to me. You feel like I'm a part of your family. And we notice an evidence of that is when we have students that reach back out if they're at, say, UAB or somewhere else. They're reaching back out to their coach years later saying, I remember you told me this and I'm letting you know they're keeping us as a part of their lives going forward because we built that relationship. Relationships are so important, especially for those that are first generation that don't know how to navigate, may not have everybody in the household saying you can do it. You know, we have situations where they tell us nobody's out there pushing for me, but we're going to push for you. We'll be there with you. We're going to root you on whether you continue, whether you stop, because if you stop, I'm still going to be saying, hey, are you coming back? Yeah. What can we do? Because we're small enough in Selma that we see them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's cute. And it's just like I say, that building relationships with our students, that partnership. You're not in this by yourself. And I, I just I also like to add, Nicholas, that um, when we established the coaching program, establishing a rapport with students, that was a priority. Yes. Uh, not only um, it was it's a priority of, of the um, infrastructure altogether, but also in the approach as Ms. Reynolds and the coaching director is training other are training other coaches. That is what we lead out with. It is important that you connect with the student on the level of where they are and then what how you present yourself. And then another thing we uh, uh, Ms. Reynolds didn't mention but we do make contact on phones, but hey, we go to the classroom. We yes. <laughs> we, we go to the grill where they at. They yes. eat the French fries and the hamburgers and the cheeseburgers. We go <laughs> in and, and see there. And then just little things, you know, I, we, we made, we, 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 we try to treat our kids, our students like they're our own children. So if, 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 if it's not uncommon for a staff member to be in line at the grill, and buying their lunch and see two or three students standing beside and strike up a conversation and say, hey, today is a good day for you. Lunch is on me. Yes. You know? uh, and hey, and if they've already paid for it, we might say something like, I will tell the cashier, I'm paying for that lunch tomorrow. They can come back tomorrow. <laughs> and everybody knows if you feed a student, you got them for life. They yeah, gonna come you got it. They gonna come no, I, I, yeah, I mean, those relationships are so important. I mean, because they get so many emails, like, you know, so many transactional and impersonal, you know, uh, email, like, you know, sorry with dear students and things like that. It's nice to have like an email that's just like, Jennifer, what's up? Like, what's going on? Like, let's talk. Like, I haven't seen you in class or, or I mean, that makes such a difference. And I think that, that the constant conversation and like you said, like pushing the student and go like, I'm here for you. Like, what do you need? How can I make sure that, you know, I'm, I'm the resource that I can get you there. Like we know, we know you can succeed. I'll be in your corner and things like that. That I think is such a, a, a great way. I think that that's why I was kind of uh, excited about it because the communication aspect of it is so crucial. Uh, and I think that a lot of institutions are also struggling with like student engagement. It's like, well, we send them emails, we call them, they don't answer. It's like, well, what's your relationship? Like, I think it, 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 like you said, it can't wait till the middle of the semester to reach out to them. Like it has to start intentionally at a fun end. 
And to speak to that intentionality, our process, and like I always tell people, our process is different. We don't send a student that's struggling an email. That is not someone that our coaches are allowed to really send an email to. Your emails are for those students that are doing well that, you know, Fridays, Motivational Friday, each coach sends out motivational messages to those students that are are doing well to let them know, hey, we're still here. We say you're doing good. But let's tell you this. Keep going. Send them a message about how you can stay on track, what you need to do and just good job. Push you on. But those students that are struggling, the intentionality of it is we're reaching out to you twice a week saying, hey, is there anything that we can do? If we talk about a plan on Monday, on Wednesday, we're following up to see, have you done what you said? And what's the problem? Why have you not done what you said you were going to do? Have you not submitted those assignments? Because like I say, we're looking at the data. It shows us whether you've logged into the system, submitted those assignments, is your grade improvement because the system allows us to see that information. So everything that we do is targeted and intentional. So the coaches have a plan that we issue at the beginning of the semester. We're addressing whatever issues that we've seen the previous semester. We're addressing those in our plans. We're evaluating, constantly evaluating our strategies to see how we can improve it. And it has worked for us because we noticed during COVID, our retention rate for COVID, that year of COVID 2020 was like 62%. Because when we went home, we went home for COVID, everything shut down for us. But we had a group of students that were enrolled that went home the same way. And I can remember being in my office at home, working and calling students and telling everybody else, shh, I'm on the phone. Because <laughs> we were calling students during that time, making sure, because we went home without a, a real structured plan because nobody was ready for that. Oh, yeah. We do our strategies during COVID to see that success of, okay, our retention rate did not fall during that time period because we wanted our students to know that we're here for you. We're all navigating this new water together. And when we came out of it, we were still there. And then also, I want to add this as well. Um, the intentionality is not just relegated to the plan of how you approach, but there is intentionality as it, as it relates to the oversight for the coaches. Yeah. So contact, there. there's a difference between a contact mm -hmm. and a coaching session. An mm -hmm. uh, email may be considered an attempt to contact or a, a simple a phone call and we didn't we didn't talk we didn't actually have a set that's that's a contact but a coaching session it involves uh communication and dialogue between that student and that uh and that coach and there is a there is an expectation and the coaches are evaluated how many coaches sessions? There's an expectation. The threshold said, "Oh, you should. This is the the number of coaching sessions I expect to see on your with your students. This is the number of contacts on your on your coaching roster." So when Miss Reynolds goes into and the uh, coaching director, Miss um, I know Darlene Darlene Rudolph. When she goes into uh, to uh, see what her coaches are doing and see if they're, if they're being effective, they're looking at contacts as opposed to coaching sessions. Mm -hmm. And so they are, and, and then after they review that data, they're able, able to talk with their coaches and say, hey, I noticed you, I mean, you're doing too many contacts. You need to actually do some coaching. Now I need you to get out of that office and coach. <laughs> so, you, you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's, 
it's coaching for the students and coaching for the staff. That's, yes. you know, I heard something earlier this week that said, hey, I come to my job. Uh, a superintendent said this. Mm-hmm. I come to my job every day. I have a good time. I enjoy my job. He yeah. said, and he said this, I feel like I have a moral and a, re- and a professional responsibility to ensure that the students that we serve mm-hmm. get the same opportunity to enjoy a job that they look they enjoy to take to you know participate in a job that they enjoy and and have a good life. So we feel like that. We we have a more and a and a professional responsibility to give our students the best. That's awesome. And, and I want to go back. And I'm not. I did not forget, Miss Snowden, about the 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 uh, the faculty and the special connection because I mean that's something that also is very unique. I mean I think that the, the connection. And again, you're talking about intentionality. That it's not just like oh yeah right. Students are also in class. Maybe we need to reach out to faculty once in a while. I mean, there there is intentionality there. So, can you talk a little bit more about that that collaboration between the coaches and the the instructors? Yes. Yeah, uh, well, there is um, the collaboration between uh, student services and between the instructional division is multi leveled. It's on every level. Uh, the deans collaborate, and that makes our job easier because they work well together. Miss um, Reynolds and I, uh, we communicate a lot throughout the semester about any issues. Uh, we also have a semesterly meeting at the end of, we call that end of semester meeting. And that is where we come together and talk about the things that they have heard from students. What are some of the complaints that students are having so that we could, have, we could help them to have a better experience? And that has been very helpful. Uh, we are honest with each other. Uh, it is a safe place where, where we can just discuss whatever those issues are. And uh, we try to address those issues. And uh, we make some changes. We look at data uh, based upon some of the things that they have told us, and we make some changes. And then we go back at the end of the semester and look at data again to see as to whether the changes that we have made have made an impact. Um, There's also the collaboration between the the faculty and the coaches. Uh, Within our learning management system, we have that dropout detective and uh, instructors are able to place alerts on students. Uh, And the uh, coaches acknowledge the alert and they contact the student and they let the faculty know the results of that follow-up with students. Mm-hmm. So it's that constant communication between those coaches and the faculty that, that works as well. And we also have the collaboration between our department chairs as well. We, have, uh, we typically have a weekly meeting um, between uh, the department chairs and uh, we have decided on our most important goal, where, where uh, the goal that we think uh, will make the greatest impact on the college performance and our students' performance. And uh, we make weekly commitments. Uh, And uh, in our meetings, uh, we talk about what is done, what was the the impact of what was done, and also what is our next commitment. And we also look at our dashboard. Our dashboard has now become our retention radar that is in Canvas. So we can look at the retention data uh, for our our students. So we can look at that weekly to see as to whether there's something that we did made an impact on students. So all of those collaborations has, has really helped to improve performance. Have some examples of can oh. you specific examples. Yes. 
Um, an example is that um, Ms. Reynolds and I met uh, after the summer semester, summer 2022, uh, and uh, she informed me about our microcomputer applications class, our CIS 146, that there were some issues with that class, that the students were complaining uh, about that class. They were hearing a lot about it. Um, so what I did is that we, we talked with the, that department chair, Dr. Uh, Marilyn Hanna, and uh, we looked at student data. We looked at the, um, the student evaluations and there were some things that students were saying about that course. And what was done is that we uh, re-examined that. We looked at those um, course objectives um, and made some revisions to the course objectives. Also made some revisions to do did some realignment of the uh, course materials and of the assessments. And the result of that is that as of the, that fall semester, we implemented in the fall. And at the end of the fall semester, we compared the data from summer to fall. And in that summer, we had 26% um, uh, of, of our students had a D, F, a W. Uh, that dropped to 10 point, I think it's 10.4% of our students at the end of the fall semester. So we saw a significant drop in that, uh, in those students failing or withdrawing or doing poorly within that course. And that was all because of that, that those recommendations and, and the alert that there's something wrong with a course. And we do that a lot. And that's not just, that's not the only course that we have made some changes based upon the recommendations from our student success coach. I see a lot, I hear a lot of like, you know, like you said, the, the continual, uh, improvement and assessment of your processes and things like that, which is so important, you know, too often, like it's easy to be very comfortable with the way we do things and not change, uh, even though in some cases it does not support student success. Uh, and one thing that I really appreciate what you said is like the, the continual communication, you know, in terms of, uh, I, I really like the, uh, for early alert, I think too often the, the communication stops once faculty tells the coach like, hey, this student is, is not doing well for X reason, or in some cases, sometimes faculty may not know the reason, they just see the results. I love that, you know, there, there's continuing, you know, the, the, the coach is like, got it, let me get back to you, talk to the students and come back to, you know, the, the faculty's like, these are the recommendations, this is what we've talked about. I think that, that follow-up is so important so that faculty feel engaged, obviously, and in what's happening you know it's not just a a one-way street and why well, send the alert i don't know what happened you know like this way mm -hmm. is it's so important that the, the communication and collaboration i think that you, you keep talking about intentionality and i think that that's what it is right i mean it's the mm -hmm. intentional communication intentional collaboration between the different offices and things like that so i really appreciate that can you talk a little bit more about like uh just go back very quickly to the coaching uh because i'm sure that that's something we hear all the time. Like, so what's the ratio? Like what, what's, how many, if I'm a coach, how many students am I responsible for, for reaching out and creating those relationships with? Generally our coaches will get about 150 students per um, roster. And with those 150 students, it's targeted. Um, we have a coach for our instructional division, the associate in science path. We have for technical students, we have a coach specifically assigned for that. We have someone assigned to our dual students. Our health sciences has their own coach. And every coach is assigned to that specific program. They're not, they're targeting that issue. 
So when we do our plans for our coaches, they're assigned based on the students that they're serving. So it's very strategic how we're doing it. So our nursing coach, she's housed over in the nursing area, the health sciences area. So she can be hands on with those students. They can see her. Her office is downstairs. So when they get out of class, if they're struggling, sometimes she'll be standing out in the, the lobby saying, hey, we had tests today. Let's see who's um, looking like they're stressed out. How can we yeah, address yeah. that? So with our uh, welding and our technical trades is masonry, cosmetology and things like that. That coach goes out. Those students are on campus. So the coach goes out several times a week to visit those students where they are bringing them back over if they're struggling with the academic course that they may have. They do um, bring them over and say, hey, we got a computer lab. Come over to the lab. Sit with us. Let's help you get back on track. So yeah. they're not just sitting in their offices calling. They're meeting them where they are. Out there. Uh, yeah. An example of that. And so we have online classes. We don't forget our online students. The coach will drop in in the online class. Hey, ask the teacher, can I sit in on that class? If you're <laughs> live, let me sit in on that. So if they're having those meetings, we're trying to be there. We want them to know our faces, know our names, our voices. So when I call you, you know who I am. You're not hiding from me. And if they're hiding, well, why were you hiding from me? (laughs) So, yeah, yeah, it's it's very strategic with the assignments. Yeah. I I love the distribution, you know, like for arts and sciences and nursing, because obviously, I mean, for the most part, students are dealing with the same, you know, issues regardless of what your major is and program is. But if you're in nursing, you know, or like in, in CIS, like, you know, for example, if I'm coaching, if I know my students that in that CIS class, I can tell like, hey, watch out for this. Like, this is the fourth week. You mm-hmm. know, there's something mm-hmm. going on. There's a, an exam, like, since, you know, trip up over this, like, make sure you spend a little bit more time, like you said, in the computer lab or doing this. So that connection you know, uh, I, w- I would imagine that the coaches know a little bit more about the, the programs and are able to, you know, navigate that and, and customize the outreach based yeah. on what students, you know, what what, uh, what program the students are. And by knowing if I, uh, if all of my my coaches, yeah, coaches, let's, let's call them coaches, uh, students uh, are in in the same area, I kind of know. A little bit more about this instead of just simply, you know, a mass um, one size fits all. Uh, yeah, it's not a one size fits all model at all yeah. because even with our health sciences, our coach for that program, she deals with the RN students differently because they have matured. Even her communication with them is different from the LPNs, the starters, because yeah. the RNs will not need as much support as those that are just coming in trying to navigate the program. The R well, associate degree nursing students have already been through the program, you've already gotten your LPA license, more than likely you're already working, you have a different type of lifestyle. So she's dealing with those based on where they are in that program. And the outreach is totally different for each one. It's not just a one size fits all. And we love that about it. Yeah, I'm sure the students do uh, as well. Well, our, our motto, well, my motto is, and, and I say this all the time, I say, we don't teach the students we wish we had. We teach the ones we got. That's right. Yeah. So before we move on to, to, to what's happening, like, so if someone is listening to this is like, okay, this looks great. How do I get started? Like where, I mean, granted, like this is not a new program. Like it's been there for a couple of years and has grown to scale into. So every single student has the coach, which I love. I mean, I mean, implementation at scale is the way to go, but what, what advice would you give? Like if, if someone is thinking about like coaching on campus, like what, or revising or updating their their 
uh, coaching structures. What what advice would you give them to uh, to those folks? I would say first and foremost, um, I would uh, recommend uh, that if they do not already have it, um, that um, the the relationship between the student services and the and the instructional division. Mm-hmm. Um, if if you don't have it, I would say that's the place to start. Yeah. Uh, if you're in a in an in a situation where um, you know you have an immediate need, you feel like you have a a grassroots uh, group that you can get started with, and you might have some silo issues that and barriers that you don't think you'll be able to. Uh, resolve expediently, my recommendation would be to put that coaching um, department with in, integrated within the instructional division. Because when if you do that, then you'll have the um, chain of command, the level of authority throughout in one, one division, and that communication, um, it, that will make those lines of communication a little less um, challenging. Um, and we say right now, now our student coaching uh, did start in the instructional division. It was my baby, but I graciously <laughs> to our dean of students. We put it in, and it was transitioned to the uh, <laughs> uh, student services. I joke with her all the time, um, uh, Nicholas, and I tell her, I said, you took my baby, but that's all right. I forgive you. <laughs> that's just joking. We it just was a better fit. The the support yeah. staff, it was you know, when when it came to um staffing, it was a better fit in the, for us. But the reason it works so well and we did not lose any uh, momentum with it is because the dean of instruction and the dean of students, we collaborate, we get along very well, and we both have a priority. Students are the center. Students are the center. So whatever the student needs, uh, we are willing. But if you don't have that, it's going to be difficult to see these kinds of results. Yes. And one thing we cannot live, leave out is because when that program started back in 2012, they were only serving a small population. Yeah. We had a president that saw, looked at the data, mm-hmm. saw the results, and invested in the program. And continues to invest in the program. So it has to start from the top down. Yeah. Support and buy-in from all people involved. So if you do you do have a president that's willing to say, I see the data, I see our numbers growing, there's something to this, and he invests in it. And that's one of our another one of our successes. And if you're in a in a place where you're having to convince your president it's a good idea, start with a, a pilot group, mm-hmm. collect the data. And then take the numbers to him or her, he or she, and say, hey. And that's and and, and to be honest with you, that was one of the um the, the factors that really caught our president's attention. We showed him we had 40% retention, then we went up to 50 something, 60 something. And you take those students, that number of students, and mm-hmm. you translate them into uh, uh uh you know residual income and and what you what you will gain from from um, the additional uh, tuition and fees and things like that, you can start with that and then have success stories. Um, do uh, have stories of students in there. Do some spotlighting of students of where they were 
at this particular time and where they are now and the struggles they encountered. Get the student testimonials. These kinds of things will pull on the heartstrings of uh, any executive uh, leadership that wants to be effective. Absolutely. Bring, bring the student perspective in, in, into this. That is, that is crucial. Now we're doing it for the students. How about we actually talk to students uh, once in a while uh, <laughs> when we're talking about implementation? Awesome. So what, what's next for, for uh, Wallace Community College Selma? Like what, what are you else are you working on uh, other than, you know, continuing the great work with coaching? Uh, what, what should folks should be, you know, looking for you guys uh, to do next in, in, in great ways? Well, I, for us, um, we, we, we do um, feel that we have some, um, some really great um, um, initiatives that are, you know, grassroots. We, well, some of them we started in the pilot mode, we scaled them up. Uh, some of the things that we're looking at now is we, we want to be uh, more precise in determining our effectiveness. And so, um, and you mentioned it uh, at the beginning of the podcast, uh, Nicholas, that we are in, uh, are uh, participating in the PBCC and HBCC and, uh, initiative with Complete College America. And I just want to give uh, uh, I want to give some credit to what the work that you all are doing, the technical support that you have provided for us uh, as it relates to being more effective with our data driven decisions. Uh, and, and, and using things like the academic maps to become more efficient in our uh, academic advising. Uh, and then talking about uh, uh, different ways of communicating across the board. We feel like we do have a good foundation as it relates to communication, but everybody knows if you don't take care of communication, if you don't uh, persistently and consistently work on your communication skills, that is one thing that'll go That'll go uh, uh, quick like lightning. Just, you know, it takes forever to build it up. But then if you let it slip, it, like overnight, it's like, I, you, we don't talk at all, do we? So uh, these kinds of things, you're, the, the, it is helping us to see those blind spots because, you know, uh, we, it's like driving down, up, down, down the highway. You got a blind spot. The person with the blind spot, you can't see it because you don't know you got a blind spot. But having those kind of outside perspectives that come in and say, hey, have you considered this? Or, you know, and we're looking at the way we do things because of our culture. Culture on the campus, uh, um, is, it matters a lot. And so hearing uh, um, questions and and from other individuals to say, well, you know, on our campus, we have this. So out of those questions, it, it causes us to look at, take, take a, a more intensive look at what we're doing and to see how we can um, tweak those uh, 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 processes that we have to be even more creative and then to help others. Because we, 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 we've been saying for a long time, we want the best kept secrets. We decided that we don't want to be a secret anymore. <laughs> we, want, we want more people. I mean, because we are in the business of helping students. So yeah. not just students here in Selma on Wallace Community College campus, but these, we fit, we believe that these processes, they can be duplicated at other campuses. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's Absolutely. where we are. Yeah, I, I mean, that's why I'm really excited to, to work with you guys because I, again, like it's, it's a learning experience because you, I mean, like I know of coaching and things like that, other institutions are doing it well. I think that you're doing it better than others. And I think that you're right. I mean, like hidden secret, I think a lot of PBCCs, HBCCs are hidden secret. You know, I think because 
they're so busy doing the work that we don't have an opportunity to basically share their success, you know, and, you know, they've been historically uh, underfunded uh, and under-resourced and it just compounds everything. So they do have to be, you know, innovative and intentional in how they support their students. And I think that your, your coaching, uh, you know, services, I think is a, is a great example of this about very intentional, very innovative by like, let's work together for the benefit of our students. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really excited again, like to, uh, to, to hear more about like other HBCCs, although I'm pretty sure that folks will hear more about Wallace Community College, you know, uh, Selma, not just through this podcast, but in other venues and, and things like that for uh, all the work, great work that, that you are doing. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. I, I appreciate the great effort at the, uh, for the benefit of your students. And I know that uh, your examples of what you're doing hopefully will inspire other institutions to look at their coaching practices, but how do I best you know, support my student and build those relationships and, and be intentional in, in my outreach and, and, and you know, communication to, to our students to best support their, their successes. I would just, one more thing, I would yep. just like to say that um, just thank you for the opportunity for us to share and all that you all are doing to assist us in, in increasing students' performance. We do appreciate your efforts and, and we just want to say thank you. Uh, well, it, it is all my pleasure. Uh, as you said, it is a, there's a moral and, uh, you know, that like you wake up every day, there's a reason why we're doing this. And I think that it's the right thing to do It's the moral thing to do. And we're excited to, to work with you guys who, you know, who share that passion and share the benefit for, for our students. So with this, all of you, thank you so much for your time again today and everyone else, uh, looking forward to the new podcast. Thank you.